Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 91 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we will give out some awards to look back on the 2022 NASCAR season. Also, we'll get to our news and notes. A lot of headlines going on in the NASCAR world as we look ahead to 2023. And we'll have our Ask David segment coming up at the end of the show. As always... Let's go racing with David Starrs, presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came aboard as the primary sponsor this year, and David's 08 Ford Mustang. I want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Cafe World Truck race throughout the season. For the best deals on tickets, visit TicketSmarter.com to get your tickets today. That's Ticket Smarter. <laughs> Com. Dave Starr joins us right now, fresh off the Thanksgiving weekend. David, how was your uh, holiday weekend, man? Man, it was amazing. Really busy. Uh, ate a lot of food, probably gained two or three pounds, but I probably lost it by now. <laughs> Got to spend some great time with my family. And uh, man, well, uh, what a, I love Thanksgiving. Uh, just love seeing family and just eating great food and just being so thankful for all the blessings that we all have. And uh, how about you guys, man? What'd y'all do? Dominic Allergan of the RacingExperts.com is here with us as well. Dom, uh, tell us about your Thanksgiving, man. We got to spend it in Grants, New Mexico with my mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. So Felice and the baby and I, we ended up making the trip out to Grants for a couple of days. It was nice to see everybody. My brother was in town. We had a lot of fun. And I know in Texas, it's a different kind of chili, but we were controversial and we put red chili instead of gravy on our mashed potatoes. So we were those people. <laughs> we were the New Mexican Thanksgiving and, of course, football and that tropical punch drink I told you about a couple of years ago, Tyler. Of course, that was on hand, too. So a lot of good times. Very nice. I uh, certainly enjoyed myself. Uh, the, the best part of the Thanksgiving holiday is uh, when you go out with your old buddies uh, the night before on a blackout Wednesday and, you know, you know the drill. <laughs> Um, oh, that's what it's called, huh? Yes, that is what it's called. Uh, I did partake. Um, went back home, back to Tulsa. Some of my mom and dad, my sister, and everybody was all good. And and uh, unfortunately, the Cowboys did win on Thursday, so that was unfortunate. But other than that, everything was great uh, for this uh, Thanksgiving holiday, as far as I'm concerned. But guys, uh, we got a, a lot to discuss here as we are a couple weeks removed from the season coming to a close. And this week, uh, the NASCAR Awards Banquet is taking place in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, the, the NASCAR Awards is always a, a big deal. And we figured we would kind of do our own awards here to uh, look back on the season and such. And David, I, I know you've been to some of these awards banquets in the past. You know, we, we've seen Xfinity and Truck do their own as well. And you know, Cup for years was in uh, Las Vegas for a while, and they did, did theirs in New York, whatever. Uh, that's always been a, a pretty unique event, uh, these these end-of-the-year awards banquets, right? Man, it's a big deal, man. I uh, Man, for years, the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series uh, just, you know, they, they honored, uh, uh, recognized the top 10, uh, of, of, uh, you know, in the truck and the – NASCAR Truck Series for years had its own banquet. Each each uh, national series had their own banquet. And then I think five or six years ago, NASCAR made an announcement that the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series would sh share a banquet. And when they did that, 
they only took uh, the the champion through fifth place on each of those uh, divisions. Uh, and so instead of, you know, recognizing in uh, the top 10, uh, they would only do five uh, for trucks and five for Xfinity. So it changed up the uh, the uh, banquets from what, from, from what we were uh, familiar with. But, man, awards banquets are awesome, man. That uh, You get to dress up, wear a tuxedo, and, and man, bring your wife or your girlfriend and just uh, – it's really NASCAR does a great job putting these award banquets on uh, with the entertainment, uh, entertainment with uh, music, and then the the entertainment that they usually have a comic there uh, entertaining everybody. But it's just, uh, man, what an honor it is to finish in the top five uh, of any given NASCAR series, truck series, Xfinity, or even Cup. It's a big deal, and um, those award banquets are very special, and 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 the memories you'll never forget, man. Pretty cool, pretty cool deal to be a part of of that. Dominic, uh, you've been to the uh, NASCAR awards banquets uh, in the past. Uh, what was your experience like going to these? I know we've seen some memorable moments throughout the years. The first one that comes to mind for me is. Dale Earnhardt doing the milk salute to uh, Jeff Gordon and Jeff crying when, you know, he uh, won his first title and all that. That, That's that's what comes to mind to me. What about you? Tell me about your experience going to these awards banquets. Sure. I I can give you a little bit of, I guess, a behind the scenes kind of behind the curtain look. I've been twice. I went in 2017 and 2018. So I got to go back to back years when it was held in Las Vegas before it moved to Nashville. And man, it was a lot of fun. They had it at the win Las Vegas and, one of the nicest five-star hotels on the Las Vegas Strip, and they have the red carpet out. They have all the backdrops with the NASCAR logos and, and everything, and it, they really dress it up like like this all-star Hollywood kind of night. That's the best way to describe it, and like David said, the drivers are there with their distinguished guests, their girlfriends, their wives, their families, and it, it's a really cool time, and the media gets pretty cool access to, to all the drivers as they walk through, and then they go to their areas in the ballroom. They have their own assigned seating. Like, it's cool. Like at the core of it, it's a banquet. It's an end of the year kind of thing, it, but it's also a formal way to recognize the champion. And oh, by the way, it's televised. And they always have some cool guests and surprises and comedians and MCs. And they do a really good job with it. And I can tell you in those two years too, in 17, they had an after party and the media were allowed to go and kind of we mingled with everybody. It was a lot of fun. Train played a private concert that year. And then in 2018, ZZ Top, one of the guys, it was it was not Dusty Hill, but I'm, I'm slipping on the other guy's name. One of the bearded guys, right? Uh-huh. Billy Gibbons. Billy Gibbons was there, and he did a concert with Dave Navarro from, from Jane's Addiction and Sebastian Bach from Skid Row, the drummer from Skid Row, and then one of the singers from Run DMC. So they had like an all-star group, and they had an open bar. I can tell you that was a lot of fun a couple of years ago. <laughs> That was the best part, right, Dom? <laughs> oh, of course, Dave. I may or may not remember some of that night. Hey, I like that. I like the way that sounds, uh, Dom. Sounds like uh, you uh, enjoyed yourself there. You know, Jay yeah. Moore was always my favorite awards banquet host. He, I think he's hosted more than anybody else has. And Jay is a real NASCAR fan, too, so he knows what he's talking about. I always enjoyed when Jay Moore hosted. I also remember, Dom, uh, I think this may have been the last time Jay Moore hosted. And uh, he had pointed to Danica sitting up front, and he said, this is strange seeing you up here towards the front. And that did not go over well with Danica. Everybody else thought it was great. That was 
uh, iconic. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> One of those frozen in moment times that's ever forever going to live on YouTube. And Jay Moore did a great job. And I think as a kid, didn't appreciate him because really great. Jay Moore is doing this again. He does it another year. But then he wasn't there for a few years. So he came back and hosted. And I think that year you're talking about was maybe 2014, 2015. And to see him back, it was nostalgic for sure. And I remember Frank Colliendo hosting it. I think Reba hosted one year. And she sang. So they've had some really, really good guests and really good all-stars to help MC the event. It's it's always a great time. And it's a, definitely a made-for-TV type production but yeah like i said corvette it's a banquet at the end of the day but they really dress it up really nice and it's done really well executed really well one more thing before we get to our awards david i, I know you've shared this story before but in case people don't know uh one year at the nascar awards for you uh in the truck series i believe uh rick allen kind of put you on the spot right <laughs> yeah do yeah, they they were, uh, they were used to doing that, you know. I mean, my, my wife, Kim, I dated her for, I don't remember how many years, but, uh, you know, you get so close with the media people and the television commentators and, uh, you know, you become like family, you know. And Kim was at a majority of the races uh, back then. And they, they just fell in love with her and, and, and uh, they spent a lot of time together. And one of... You know, as the years clicked off and I was dating her, you know, it was kind of, they really liked to uh, give me a hard time at the banquets about, hey, you know, what are you waiting on when when you're getting engaged? You know, they put the pressure, they put you on the hot seat. You know what I mean? I wanted to talk about, you know, the season, the races we won and, you know, and, and you know, talk about my team and, you uh, that wasn't that wasn't on their agenda. They just wanted to see me squirm, and they made me squirm there for a couple of years. But uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool when I finally got engaged, and uh, and I didn't, I wasn't on the hot seat anymore. But uh, but it was just all in fun and uh, really cool to you know all these the the people that we see on TV, the commentators that really uh, make it fun for the fans to watch it and 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 kind of give you with the behind the scenes stuff and. You know, they're really great people, and you, you become family with them, you know what I mean? And uh, But that was that was always fun. Yeah, that's right. I think cool. my wife enjoyed it more than I did, <laughs> or girlfriend at the time. Yeah, that's great. Guys, uh, let's, let's go over a couple things here. Uh, you know, first off, uh, you know, the, the MVP or the best driver of the year of some sorts, whatever you want to call this. David, th there's – Two ways to look at this. Obviously, you point to Joey Logano, the champion, and the way that Joey finished the season, you know, as as strong as anybody. That was a clutch performance by him down the stretch, that playoff run was he, he was able to put together. But I would also say, if you're talking like MVP, looking big picture or whatever, the guy with the most wins, Chase Elliott, five wins this year, had a really good year, won the regular season title here. Um and for as much as we've talked about Joey Logano this season, I don't think this year should be forgotten of the effort of Chase Elliott and that nine team too. They, they had a championship caliber season. Ultimately, it was just the 22 that, that came home with the title, though. Man, there's so many, you know, not only at Chase Elliott with uh, having the most wins, but, you know, I look at Tyler Reddick. Uh, Lots of speed, contender a lot. I don't know how many races Tyler won, but man, he really, uh, you know, he really, uh, you know, he was contender week in and week out. And uh, 
And then the the one the one is just you know I think everybody would agree with me Ross Chastain I think he's probably the MVP of the, of the season for me uh, he brought a lot of excitement uh, entertainment uh, you know just uh, all the way to the end of the last race you know so uh, but you know Joey Logano obviously are a champion uh, uh, Chase Elliott winning the most races uh, I mean they're just it's hard. How how do you pick? Uh, you know, all you go by is your champion. You know what I mean? But because he's a champion of, of of the year. But man, there were so many. You know, if you had to give out that award, that would be a hard one to judge. You know what I mean? Because there's so many. There's so many um, MVPs of the season. You know what I'm saying? I mean, for me, it would be it would be hard. Uh, I, I'd like to hear y'all's opinion on it. How about you, John? No, I'm with you there, Tyler. I think Chase Elliott, when you look at the big picture, and, and when I think MVP, I'm thinking like maybe I'm ripping off the NFL here, but they look at the regular season and they base those awards off what you did over the 16, now 17-game season. I base it off the regular season, and Chase Elliott certainly was the strongest driver throughout that. And, yeah, he made the championship four, had a great all-around season, just couldn't put it together in one race at Phoenix. But I would say Chase Elliott would be the MVP of the 2022 season. Led a bunch of laps, won the most races, was consistently up front in a season full of scored the most overall points. Scored the most overall points too, so that needs to be, I think, accounted for as well. That shows super consistent. Yeah, I think so. Um, How about a breakout star of the year? We mentioned kind of the names that come to mind uh, already, and this is one that could go a number directions. I mean, Ross Chastain, obviously, what he did with that Trackhouse team. You could be point to his. Uh, teammate Daniel Suarez, you could point to Tyler Reddick, although I feel like Tyler Reddick was good the last few years, but this was the the first year that he finally broke through and won races here. A number of guys like I, I could point to, I, I, I could even say Chase Briscoe or uh, Austin Sendrick or something like that. I mean, there's a number of guys that were breakout performers this year, Dom. I would agree with that, and I think Names that come to mind on that are the Trackhouse guys. I don't think we expected to see. I, I certainly didn't expect to see Trackhouse Racing make it as far as they did with their two drivers. And Ross Chastain with the wall ride, possibly the move of the year, and the performance he had winning two races and being consistently up front as well. I mean, Ross Chastain, certainly a breakout season. And maybe on a lesser scale, and yeah, he didn't make the playoffs. But I think overall, the one driver that really impressed me with his speed was Michael McDowell. 12 top 10 finishes. Uh, one in three races, he's finishing inside the top 10. And it looked like front row motorsports as an overall kind of broke out. And he statistically had a better season than his Daytona 500 winning season from last year. Career year for Michael McDowell and I think his 14th year in the Cup Series. Those are drivers that stick out to me. How about you, Star? Yeah, man, I agree with you on Michael McDowell because, man, what a feel-good story. I, I mean, just a lots of top 10 top top 10 finishes and uh surprising to see him running so good consistently this year you know and uh and i'd agree with you on the track house drivers both of them ross chastain obviously uh man he was just so entertaining week in and week out whether he was winning or uh, running into the other drivers you know he was always brought a lot of excitement uh to him you know with him on on his way um but man daniel suarez did a, a, just a tremendous job as well uh man it just uh yeah but it'd be the track house guys man I, I think those two guys and then 
you know, Austin Cindric and uh, um, uh, God dang, what's the other driver there? Stuart Haas. Uh, Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe. Those guys had great seasons, you know, and I think it was Austin Cindric that won the Daytona 500 yeah. as yeah. a rookie. That was amazing, you know, and uh, I don't know. There's a, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, those four, four drivers come to mind, um, but man, you know, I look at, I look at just, you know, uh, it was just a great, great season and the parody we had all the different winners uh, and, and guys we wasn't really used to seeing, a, seeing run up front. You know, I think back to the Atlanta race and seeing, watching Corey LaJoy almost win his first NASCAR race. That was kind of cool, but man, just, uh, it was just a great year. And, and uh, the, the, you know, a lot of the guys that we were used to seeing running up front over the years, it was, it was refreshing to see a bunch of new faces. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, how about a comeback driver of the year for me? You know, I know we've talked to it, the other ones that there were several names you could mention, but there's only one name for me that fits this category. And I don't know if you guys are thinking the same thing, but when I say this, I think we're all going to be on the same page. Eric Jones. Eric Jones has to be that comeback driver of the year. I mean, you saw we saw him lose his ride there at Joe Gibbs Racing. First year there at uh, Richard Petty Motorsports was not great. And then this year they, they bring over, you know, GMS gets involved and their program stepped up a lot. And Eric Jones answered the call and he was running up front and did big things for that program. And if you want to know how good of a driver Eric Jones is, look what his teammate didn't do, basically, in Ty Dillon. Ty Dillon struggled all year long, and Eric Jones was running up front, and that team was getting better every week. And they ultimately ended up winning the Southern 500. And you have to think he's going to be a playoff contender next year. For me, that's the easy call here, David, is Eric Jones for comeback driver of the year. Man, you know, he uh... – very impressive, lots of speed all year long. You know, you just knew, kind of remind me of Michael McDowell, but he was just, man, all year, uh, you know, Eric Jones was fast, but but he's a winner, man. I mean, we knew Eric Jones is capable of winning races. You give him the right organization, the right team, the right engineering, crew chief, uh, but man, what GMS has done, with Eric Jones and their program, man, there and like you, like you said, Tyler, I, I I believe that you have to say that Eric Jones and that GM GMS team uh, for 2023, they're they're going to be a championship contender. You know, I was I was so impressed uh, with Eric Jones all year long. Uh, you know, and uh, it's kind of interesting because there's a two car organization there. One of them was consistently near the front, and the other one wasn't. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, there's several reasons, you know, we could analyze that all day long, but, uh, but Eric Jones is just a, a wheel man. And, uh, and man, they, they gave him some great race cars and we wheeled him to the front. And uh, it was cool to see that, you know, Richard Petty and, and the GMS team uh, running so strong all year. They ran so strong uh, that our seven time champion, Jimmy Johnson, wanted to invest in that organization. That says a lot about, you know, and I think, I think, and I asked the question, I don't, I'm not 100% positive on this, but I think Jimmy Johnson really 
was impressed with Eric Jones and wanted to be part of yeah. that movement, that organization, because he sees a lots and lots of potential for championships with that combination for the future. You know what I mean? So it's just, I think what Eric Jones did behind the wheel, what Petty GMS did as an organization, and then now Jimmy Johnson stepping in to run some races and, and be part and be part of the ownership says a lot about that organization. And Tyler, I agree with you. I think we're going to hear a lot more about uh, Eric Jones and that team for 2023. Dom, uh, how about you? Are, is this the is Eric Jones the obvious choice here? I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to go with. David Starr's guy, he picked like 20 times to win a race this year. Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick. Yeah. Two wins. And I mean, I, what I would differ, though, is Kevin wasn't bad the last couple of years, though. Like, Eric fell off in no man's land, you know? I, I will agree with that. And, and really hearing Eric break that down, I don't know if you guys or any of you listeners took a listen to when he was on the Dale Jr. download, I think about a month and a half ago. He really broke down how – he lost his right to Joe Gibbs racing, kind of picked up the pieces and was in this new spot where he had to pick up a new team and what they have built at Petty GM, GMS Racing and how that journey was from getting fired that week of the Michigan race in 2020 to going on to win the Southern 500 two years later. No, that's a great comeback story. I would just say, though, I think for the sake of argument, because let's be honest, I love to argue, Kevin Harvick would be another contender for that comeback driver because he won two races back-to-back, -back, looked like he was on the outside in with the playoffs, won that race at Michigan, backed it up the next week at Richmond. We were talking, what, David, that it had been almost two years that Kevin Harvick had not won a race, and then he won two back-to-back, -back, easily made the playoffs. Now, didn't have the run of the playoffs, I think, like a lot of people would have expected. But I still think some sort of comeback there because he could have very easily been in Martin Truex Jr.'s spot and not even make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Kevin. You can't ever count him out, you know, and, and Rodney Childress, his crew chief. You know, they, they uh, you know, I think, was it two years ago when they won nine races, ten races? I forget what year it was. Recently, mm -hmm. uh, there was a rule change on the body. And, man, when that rule change came out, it really – whatever they had figured out, it, it – it, whatever this rule change was really affected their program. And, man, they struggled. We know they struggled. They struggled. But the people, you know, you, you heard uh, – I heard, and, and maybe y'all can uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there was some uh, – some controversy with Harvick and some other drivers during the races. And they were, I think a couple of times I heard a couple of the drivers say he's just very frustrated and he's, he's over the hill. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, and you, Kevin Harvick, you can't count him out. You can't count him out for 2023 either. I mean, I think once they started figuring out this next gen race car uh, and they were, they wasn't very good the first half of the season. I mean, we kept saying next week, next week, next week. I did because you just knew that it was going to happen, man. And, and it took a little bit longer than we expected. But, man, to win back-to-back -back races, that says a lot about that organization and their drive. But, you, like, you can't ever count out Kevin Harvick, you know. And he still has the ability and the want to. And uh, I think I think they'll be a contender next year. And, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you know, he was running good in one of the races. He had some bad luck. Don't remember what he wrecked or something happened, and he needed to win. 
or finishing the top three. And he was having a good race somewhere. I want to say Darlington. And uh, unfortunately, his car caught on fire. You know what I mean? And it knocked him out of the deal. You know, just nothing, you know, nothing he did or his team did. It was just kind of a freak thing that car caught on fire and it knocked him out of the playoff. Not, you know, he didn't advance. But uh, but I, I agree with you, Dominic. You can't ca- you can't ever count on Kevin Harvick. And man, uh, you know when they when when uh, the fire when they when they lit the torch, they lit it big because to win back to back races that says a lot about the driver, the whole organization. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, guys, uh, a couple more, and then uh, we'll move on to our news and notes segment here. Uh, last driver award here. Uh, an award you don't want to get. Biggest disappointment this year. Two names that come to mind for me, Dom. Martin Truex, who you kind of talked about a second ago. And then Brad Keselowski. Brad Keselowski flopped as an owner in his first year. That team really struggled. They came out looking good in the duels at Daytona. Then they got that bad penalty. Never really recovered. He was getting outrun by his teammates. Brad did not resemble anything of what we saw of him when he was at uh, Penske. I mean, to me, those are the two names. I'd probably say Brad was a bigger disappointment, but Martin, uh, especially considering his teammates were running good, and he was the weakest link. Oh, I agree. And with Brad Keselowski, I don't know. I've talked at length with Tyler off there. I don't know if you felt the same way, David, but I felt like I got a false narrative with Roush Fenway Keselowski racing was what we saw in Daytona. Chris Buescher wins one of the duels. Brad Keselowski wins the other. Keselowski leads the most laps in the 500. He's leading on the white flag lap. Keselowski's the point leader leaving Daytona. Granted, super speeder racing, but I thought that's what we were going to see. And then he qualified up front at Fontana, was running, I think, top 10 before the crash. I really thought we were going to see Keselowski pick up where he left off from in 2021, and it just didn't happen. I think it took 33 races for him to pick up his first top five, and he had the second top five at Martinsville, got disqualified. So very disappointing year. It was the first time since 2010 that Keselowski didn't win a race. And then with Martin Truex Jr., first time since 2014 that he didn't win a race. And that team was, what, the sixth or seventh best average finishing team throughout the year. He could have very well easily been what Ryan Blaney did this year. Seven missed the playoffs, right. And missed the playoffs. But yeah, David, I'm curious if you felt the same way about Keselowski, if you felt that at the beginning of the year, we got this kind of false narrative that, hey, the six car is going to be up front or at least going to be towards the front, like I did. Yeah, I mean, I did. I I, I was really, uh, it was impressive to see him uh, both the, the Rouse Fenway Kozlowski team win the duel, but each duels, you know, and uh, you know, I, it's it's you know, I, I'm thinking back. I'm just thinking about Ralph Fenway Racing over the years. They have struggled and and struggled big, you know. And uh, when when we heard the news that, that Brad was going to have ownership stake in that team, uh, and he was going to leave Roger Penske. I mean, that's that's big, you know. They were really looking for Brad to, to really put some fire back in that organization and really help them get more speed back into those cars because I don't know, I think four or five years, they have struggled for years, four or five years, maybe longer. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and 
I was just thinking when, when Brad made the announcement that he was going to leave Roger Penske and he was going to uh, have ownership in the Roush Fenway group racing team, uh, and then he would be part owner and driver. Uh, I knew there was a big challenge. Uh, you know, that was a big challenge, just a challenge to go over there and try to help them uh, speed up that transition to getting back to where they once were. Uh, but, you know, and I, and I agree with you when, it, when the season started and winning both those races, both dual 125s, it was like, wow, because, man, it, it went – it didn't go good for the next five or six months, you know. But I got to say that uh, – uh, uh, what's Brad's teammate? Chris Buescher. Chris Busher did a great job. He was consistent. He had a lot of speed. He won a race. Uh, he, 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 you know, he, he really outperformed his boss. And I thought that was interesting. You know what I mean? I, I mean, it just, he ran great, you know, and, and you knew a win was coming and it did come. And uh, that was a big boost for that organization, you know, but I was surprised that Chris Busher delivered the first victory there uh and it wasn't brad you know but man it's uh you know it's and that's one that was one i totally agree with you uh brad kozowski and the roush fenway whatever they call the name of that organization but, but that was a big disappointment uh it looked like towards the end of the year the last four or five races they were brad was, and they were seeing a little bit of glimpse of, of some some better speed than what they had all year running towards the front uh but then they were nailed with disqualifications and stuff like that so be interesting to see how the off season uh how the off season reflects on that organization and see you know how they come back uh, for their sophomore year as as Brad being a new owner and to see how how the, the team reacts. You know, they're going to perform better. and uh, But that's kind of interesting. And really the one, the other one that y'all mentioned is Martin Truex Jr. I mean, if y'all would have said, you know, if we'd have talked about this before the season started, I would have never mentioned his name of the guy that wasn't going to win a race. I mean, you're talking about a championship caliper organization. Uh, you're You're – Martin Truex is crew chief. That's that's championship caliper. That's former champions, you know. And for them uh, not to win a race and to see the other cars there at Joe Gibbs Racing win races, it was definitely surprising. And uh, I think it, the new next gen car was such a big challenge for Martin Truex and maybe his crew chief. Uh, you know, the rumor was, and and you guys know more about this than I do. You know, they were saying he Truex was so disappointed with his performance and the new car and not really getting it figured out that that he was talking about maybe this might have been his last year, you know. And, and I, yeah. I think the news broke not that long ago that he was going to race another year. And, and, and when I heard that, and y'all can reflect back on this, and one of the things where this is kind of interesting because – is he going to announce that this is it for himself? Uh, and and if people were saying if he does announce, it's just because it's been just a horrible year for him. He ain't middle. He doesn't like this new next gen car. But uh, but yeah, those those these drivers y'all mentioned are definitely uh, uh, two of the biggest you know disappointments of the season. Yeah, I think so. And and, and I don't think Martin has been the same driver since Cole Pern left. If if I was Martin and if I was Joe Gibbs. I'd be 
calling up Cole Pern saying, how much do you want to come back? Like, name your price tag, you know? I mean, like, that was arguably at the time the best driver-crew chief pairing in the sport, and Martin hasn't been the same driver since. So it seems like he's gotten worse, Dom, every year since uh, those two departed, uh, essentially. So, Well, and James Small, I mean, yeah, they've won races, and he was the runner-up in points last year they did have a good playoff 10 race run but yeah he just hasn't been the same I know what you mean kind of like when Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canal split up or Jeff Gordon and Ray Evernham or Kirk Shelburne and Dale Earnhardt just wasn't the same after yeah no it definitely wasn't uh all right here um gutsiest performance of the year <laughs> this we one's are, pretty easy right it's, it's Ross Chastain yeah. and Martinsville absolutely yeah I I would. Before that, had you asked me before Martinsville, tell me if you guys would agree, Corey LaJoy's top five at Atlanta in March, only because he spun out in stage one, went airborne. Now, granted, all four tires landed back on, on, the, on the pavement. Actually, one of the friends of the show, Christian Coley, got a great photo of that car doing the 180 and completely off the ground. Got a little bit of damage, but LaJoy came back and finished, I think, fifth. It was his first career top five in the Cup Series. That'd be my other candidate, but that would have been before Martinsville. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and uh, two more here. Crew chief of the year. Now, I have an interesting one on this for me. I, I look at uh, Randall Burnett, the crew chief on the eight car with Tyler Reddick. They stepped up their program. They were good on everything. Short tracks, dirt, should have won that race at Bristol. The road courses and all that. I mean – this was the first year, Dom, where I looked at that eight car and I said that the it, it was the first time ever where the driver wasn't better than the car, where maybe at times even the car was better than the driver. I mean, credit to Randall Burnett and that RCR camp for stepping up their program and, and they're going to be ready when Kyle Busch comes there next year. They won't miss a beat. No, I don't think they will, and I think that's a great crew chief. That's hard to, to argue against because that eight-car off-sequence at the road courses or just different calls to get that eight-car up front, more often than I think we have seen in the last two, three years. And when are we talking about Tyler Reddick running up front in 2020 or 2021? Yeah, they'd squeak out top 10 finishes, but it really was a breakout year, and I think Randall Burnett would be deserving of the crew chief of the year award. How about you, uh, David? What, what crew chief stood out to you this year? Man, there, you know, I, I want to say, talking about the Chris Boucher, I don't know who his crew chief was, but I just felt like they really ran good, uh, had lots of speed consistently all year long. So Chris Boucher's crew chief, Michael, Mc, Michael McDowell's crew chief, because Michael McDowell had a really breakout season, uh, consistent, lots of speed. And that's uh... – that's Blake Harris, who's going to be the crew chief for the 48 car next year. Yeah, Blake he's, Harris. Uh, man, did, he's also the husband of uh, Caitlin Vincey from Fox, yeah. Yeah, did a phenomenal job, uh, you know. And, and you know, I, those two two guys, uh, you know, I, I don't know who they were, but uh, they, they – uh, you know the the way those cars ran, they they were they were. Uh, I'd, I'd have to say those two crew chiefs for myself. You know, yeah, Scott Graves on, on top of pit box there with Chris Busher. He'd been up yeah. there with 
Ricky Stenhouse, Daniel Suarez in the Cup Series, and he's a two-time NASCAR Xfinity crew chief with Chris Buescher in 15 and Daniel Suarez in 2016. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, best track, best new track, and we get, we'll, we'll say this two ways. Could be a new track completely on the circuits or a repave or whatever it may be. Um, you know, obviously you had Gateway, you had the L.A. Coliseum. For me, guys, I love the Atlanta repave. It provided two exciting races. I hope that's the future of mile and a half. So I hope we have more Atlantas. David, uh, of those new configurations, you know, whether it was Atlanta or the Coliseum or Gateway there in St. Louis, uh, bringing it back to the schedule, what was your favorite of the, uh, the, the, the new tracks this year? Well, I think you're right, the Atlanta Motor Speedway tracks, you know, uh, the, the L.A. Coliseum was nuts. That was crazy, you know, exciting. And, uh, but, you know, you, you, you left out one. I think uh, you, the, the racetrack in Austin, Texas, Coda. Well, that was uh, its second year. Oh, okay, it was, okay. It was the first time we'd seen it in its full figure without any uh, rain. Absolutely. That 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 produced a, a first-time winner and just crazy racing. It was entertaining. But I'd have to agree with you, Tyler. I, I really enjoyed the uh uh the the two races at Atlanta. They they uh people loved it and it was uh you know it was amazing that Atlanta Motor Speedway was like Talladega and Daytona, you know, and uh and the excitement was over the top. So I, I totally agree with that that pick there. How about you, Dom? Man, I, I got to agree with that because I was there for that race in March, and that was so cool to see those cars zip around that track, and especially the cup race, like a super speedway race. Now, a lot of the drivers didn't necessarily like the racing, but from a fan standpoint, absolutely. Who doesn't like to see that? Who doesn't like to see parody? Pack racing, cars going 190 miles an hour, and, and of course, the occasional crash. Let's be honest, fans enjoy all of that. So. Atlanta provided all of that, provided great opportunities for comers and goers, drafting, slingshotting. It was great racing. And Tyler, I would not be opposed if that happens at other tracks down the road, too. Yeah. All right. Last one. Best rivalry this year. Dom, start with you. I'm going to go with the obvious one. Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain. Mike Davis <laughs> said it best on the Dale Earnhardt Jr. podcast earlier this year. I hope Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain never become friends. This is what the sport needs. <laughs> and it was great to see the back and forth and the on-track skirmishes and the battling back and forth, using the media back and forth. It was great. I, I loved every bit of it. Uh, how about you, David? Man, I, I, I'd have to agree with uh, Dominic, man. Watching Denny and Ross go after each other <laughs> week in and week out was uh, – Amazing. And I just, uh, man, I don't remember what race it was, but God, it must have been St. Louis. I think it was St. Louis, man. It was like, man, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, Ross got into to Denny and, and uh, man, it's just the, the cat and mouse, just what they were doing on the racetrack, man. We ain't seen that in a long time, you know, but I, I'd have to say, I totally agree with Dominic. That was probably the, the the best, most entertaining driver feud, you know, all year long. We just kept us on our toes watching it, you know. I'll, I'll take it two steps back. I would say Ross versus the field. He was, <laughs> he was the most disliked driver among the drivers of anybody by a mile. The, the thing to me, Dom, was like, you know, people would probably try to, 
paint Ross as a bad guy. I don't actually think Ross is a bad guy at all. I don't even think he's trying to play the villain role of some sorts. I think that he just kind of, you know, it was his first, it was his second full-time year. He made a lot of mistakes and he was reckless at times. And I think he'll learn from it. I don't think that he was intentionally trying to be a jackass out there on the racetrack by any means. I mean, um, but nobody, I, I think he kind of, you know, was uh, was pissing on their territory a little bit. You know, he was he was a threat, you know, to a lot of these drivers out there. It wasn't just Denny. It was Kyle Busch. It was Martin Truex. It was Joey Logano. I Chase mean, Elliott. Chase Elliott. Mm-hmm. Kyle Larson, you know, we, we even heard his teammate, Daniel Suarez, didn't like him doing that move up top uh, to win at Martinsville. I mean, he pissed everybody off. He really did. And like I said, or like you said, I don't think he was meaning to. He was just. Ross Chastain being Ross Chastain, being aggressive. But I think, too, the different company that he's used to racing against. He was not in good equipment in the Cup Series early on. He raced in mid-pack equipment in the Xfinity Series. And I've heard drivers say this across the season. Drivers race differently mid-pack. Drivers race differently up front. And I think that was a learning curve for Ross Chastain, learning how to race against some of these guys, learning how to race against Cup Series past champions, and multi-race winners. Definitely different when you have the equipment that can get up there to the front and do it. Yeah. I think so. And an honorable mention, we didn't really see this become a true rivalry to the very end of the season. But in the Xfinity side, Ty Gibbs and Noah Gregson and Noah straight up saying, I do not like Ty and making it known that he basically hates the guy and has no respect for him. Um, I think that's going to carry over into the Cup Series. We, we know they're both very talented race car drivers with a bright future here. That's going to be, David, I think, good for the sport. I, I, I hope that Noah and Ty both compete and that this thing builds a bit. Ty's got some enemies of his own already. Noah seems to be one of them, and it seems like Noah is going to feed off this uh, this rivalry between him and uh, Ty Gibbs, which I think is going to go on for years to come here. Well, it just remains to be seen. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see how it all works out. Okay, Are you that's hoping, the Tyler, that those two never become friends? I hope they'd ever become friends. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, our news and notes segment coming up in uh, just a moment. Today's show presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter, the official ticket resale marketplace, the worldwide technology raceway where David won in 2004. Fantasy also get tickets to any type of event, including sports, concerts, and theater productions. Ticket Smarter is committing to helping those in need by donating $1 from every transaction to various charity organizations. Head over to TicketSmarter.com to find tickets for upcoming events. That's TicketSmarter.com. Dominic Aragon from uh, the RacingExperts.com is here with us with a look at the headlines from around the sport. Dom, uh, we got a few things going on this week. We got a few things going on, Tyler. Let's first take a look at the NASCAR on Fox rotating booth. So we saw in the 2022 season where there was not a third permanent fixture in the NASCAR booth with Mike Joy and Clint Boyer, but rather a rotating booth after Jeff Gordon left from a full-time position six years with the company. We saw drivers like Matt Kenseth, Jimmy Johnson. Jeff Gordon even came back for a couple races. Reynolds, Jamie McMurray, a lot of different people that came back to to do some races. It looks like Fox is going to continue that in 2023. Adam Stern of the Sports Business Journal is reporting that this is potentially leaving the door open if Kevin Harvick does step away full-time in 2023 or after the 2023 season, rather, that Harvick could fill that role in 2024. Fox is leaving that open as a possibility. 
It'll be remaining to be seen. But guys, I'm really excited to see if they're going to bring in some more drivers, maybe people we haven't seen yet or some of the familiar faces that we saw in the booth this year. But personally, like I said last year, I think Jimmy Johnson would be really cool to see back or to see in the booth. I think we're going to see Jimmy at some point in the booth. Um, you know, I, I think it's a mistake not to have a full-time analyst. You can still bring guests in. Um, and, you know, NBC does four, you know, full-time people. Um, personally, I thought Danica was their best guest analyst they had last year. I was hoping they'd give Danica the uh, full-time gig. I thought she did an excellent job of the uh, analysts they brought in. Jeff, of course, was good. Tony was good. Um, you know, that, that, that's going to be interesting to see who they uh, put together in the booth there. Uh, David, who, who, who do you, uh, who do you like, uh, there when they, when they bring in these, uh, these guest analysts? Uh, I would think we're probably going to see Kurt Busch at some point this year now that he's, uh, he's retired here. Yeah, there's so many, there's, there's a lot of op good options out there, you know, but I, uh, uh, you know, you kind of want to see some consistency. You want three analysts, uh, that really, that know the sport uh, inside and out, uh, you know, and then, and then you, then, you know, for me, you know, uh, you know, Kirk Bush, Jimmy Johnson, you know, Kevin Harvick, you know, bringing in, you know, obviously Harvick will be racing, but, you know, there's so many, uh, Danica did a great job, Tony Stewart, bringing in a driver analyst, you know, as a guest, uh, you know, they can change it up. But for me, I'd like to see, you know, three commentators, you know, your consistent three all year long and then bring in a driver. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of my opinion on it. I know this is starting to be a uh, – it's kind of a big story, you know, who's going to be the analysts, you know, what are they doing? I mean, it's just – it's starting to be big news. And, and you uh, – for me, you just want to see a good broadcast when I'm watching the cup races on Sunday. I, I like really good insight on what's going on, knowledge. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, it's, it's cool to have three race analysts that, that really know the sport inside and out. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. And they just keep rotating drivers or are they going to eventually pick one to be the third one, you know? So it's kind of interesting. Dom, it doesn't feel like this is a permanent thing, though. I mean, like – you know, you watch any other sport. Take example the NFL. If I'm watching Monday Night Football, I'm getting Joe Buck and Troy Aikman every week. Every week. And I love the consistency. Joe and Troy call an awesome game. They're the best, I think, in the NFL. And I love listening to Joe and Troy. I don't need them to bring in anybody else. You know, this Fox, I hope they figure it out soon. I hope that we only have one more year of this guest thing. And then they find a full-time analyst, whether it's Danica, whether it's Kevin Harvick, whoever it may be, and then call it good. Well, I see where you're coming from. On the, the consistency factor certainly is important. I think for the listener at home and the viewer at home, they want that. They want the same voices or the same consistency that they know they're going to get. But I, I can see the other side of the token there, too, where it's so cool. You have all these different people. Tony Stewart certainly led the way. And then we had Jeff Gordon, Matt Kenseth, Danica Patrick. It was cool to see the rotation. And, and I, I think... That's also exciting in itself because maybe they're thinking of bringing in other guys that have been away for a long time. I know we saw Mark Martin make a brief appearance at Fontana, Bobby Labonte, Richard Petty. I'd like to see some more of those names, some of these guys that were relevant in the 90s and the 2000s. I think it's a really cool, unique opportunity. And you're right. I don't see this going past 2023. But 
it's cool while we have it. And I think it, it it's going to create some more cool memories and, and some notable things that can happen in the broadcast booth and some great throwbacks to the past. It's a good way to honor the sport, I think, past and present. Yeah. What else going on, Dom? So it looks like the Race Team Alliance, the organization that houses all the charter teams, is going to be potentially looking at some off-season exhibition races. Adam Stern, again, with the Sports Business Journal, is the first to report this on Tuesday, November 29th, that the RTA is looking with one of the sports agencies that they contract with, or work with, I should say, on the potential of looking at exhibition races, not necessarily with NASCAR and the sanctioning bodies. So, Tyler, when I look at that, and kind of reading through the comments and what people were already saying about it, does this have IndyCar cart split vibes? Is this something that could make NASCAR and the RTA beneficial for both, where technology is tried out and we're not having to try it out in a points race or at a test section? This is a completely different thing, something that's not tied to points. A lot of possibilities here. and This is still early on, but I'm curious to where this could end up going and, and who benefits the most and who could hurt the most. So there's two things. Uh, Bob Pockris provided some clarification that if the teams do this, they cannot run NASCAR cars, and it cannot be on NASCAR tracks. If it is a separate entity from NASCAR altogether, they can't do that to keep within the testing rules. The other thing that comes to mind, you mentioned, you know, the threat of like, hey, we'll split, you know, putting that threat out there. It does feel like a negotiating ploy here. You know, the, the they want their share of the TV money that they're not getting, um, to me, this, this feels like a negotiating tactic more than anything. I do think we should have some more exhibition races. I don't think that hurts. And, you know, maybe this is a time to experiment with the electric car that they've talked about doing, uh, of some sorts here. But, um, at the end of the day, uh, if it results in more races and trying out more things, giving us more stuff to talk about in the off season, uh, I'm all for it. What say you, David? Yeah, it just is just all news to me. So this is the first I'm hearing about it. You know, I um, uh, it's kind of interesting. You know, with uh, Tony Stewart, Syria. What is that? The RX. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, man. I don't know. I, I really hard for me to comment on it because I just got to wrap my brain around it. But uh, kind of a, a negotiation tactic. Just understanding. Um, like I said, this is just news to me. So uh, be interesting to see, you know, uh, in the future what what comes of all this. Uh, kind of interesting. I hadn't heard this news until now. Yeah, uh, yeah. we'll see how it all plays out. Dom, yeah. also, uh, when we left you a couple weeks ago before the holiday, we were talking about the Stuart Haas situation. What were they going to do? And uh, we got some clarity now since then. <laughs> we certainly do have some clarity. Some promotions and demotions are certainly in the works during that podcast that we were talking a couple of weeks ago. Ryan Priest is going full-time racing in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2023 after being the standby substitute guy for Stuart Haas Racing in 2022. Ryan Priest will pilot the number 41 Ford for Stuart Haas Racing, while Cole Custer is going back to the NASCAR Xfinity Series, still staying with the organization, but will be competing for a NASCAR Xfinity Series title. And, and Tyler, maybe you can help me clear up this. I didn't see anything as far as maybe a role reversal here where Cole Custer would be that reserve cup driver or maybe run select races with Rick Ware Racing like he has in the past with that SHR alliance. But I'd be curious to see if Cole does get some select cup races next year. Yeah, I haven't seen anything about cup races for Cole, but 
Uh, Dom, uh, the, the way I look at this, two things. One, uh, happy for Ryan Priest. This is a huge opportunity for him. He's deserving of it. Two, uh, for Cole Custer, yeah, it is a demotion, but he hasn't been good the last two years. This is a chance for him to get his confidence level up. And if he does well, um, you know, you look at Ford doesn't have a whole lot uh, of options when it comes to their driver development program. I would have to think that if this is Kevin Harvick's last year, the favorite to go in that ride in 2024, if, assuming everything goes right in Xfinity, which I have no reason to think that Cole Custer is not going to go out there and win 10 races and win the Xfinity title next year. I would think Cole Custer has a chance to go right back up to Stuart Haas and get to that four car, um, you know, in, in a year or so. So uh, that's how this all plays out. Uh, David, what do you think of this situation? Uh, this is uh, this a, a gut punch uh, to uh, Cole Custer, a chance to kind of prove himself. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. You know, there's a lot of moving parts to it. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, you know, you guys might, the business side of it, you know, uh, Ryan Priest is just a hell of a race car driver, but, you know, but uh, Cole Custer is also a great race car driver too, but, you know, you got to look at the business side of it, uh, you know, uh, who has a sponsor, who doesn't. Uh, somebody said, you guys might know this more than I do, but I thought I read that uh, Ryan Priest is not only going to drive the race car in 2023, but he's bringing a big sponsor with him, you know, and uh, yeah, he's got you know, funding. Yeah. Yeah. He's got funding. And uh, you know, that, that might have a lot, you know, really helped the, the powers there at Stuart Haas make the decision, you know, uh, and I, you know, and, you know, to hear y'all talk, you know, there's big lots of rumors about Kevin. This is going to be Kevin Harvick's last year, 2023. Uh, you know, and, and if it is, it makes sense that Cole Custer is going to try to go win him a championship in the Xfinity side uh, with Stuart Haas racing. And then knowing that he will have an opportunity to go back to cup the following season, you know. So it's, it's, it's interesting, you know. And, you know, people say, well, hey, it's a demotion. You know, and, and I don't know if it's so much a, de a demotion. It's just, uh, am I saying that word right? Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's just the circumstances of the business of this industry, you know. And uh, and, and I don't really remember uh, Cole Custer, who, who his sponsor was this season. You know, I know he's had some different ones, but yeah, a lot just of times – it was it Haas. was just Haas automation and Dixie vodka, I think, for most of the season. Yeah, but Haas, when you see Haas automation on the race car, I mean, that's just Gene Haas, really the majority owner of Stuart Haas Racing. You know what I mean? So that being said, you know, uh, with with Ryan Priest is is really very capable and deserving, and I'm excited for Ryan because he's a great race car driver and. Uh, but, you know, he does bring funding with him. And, and I just think that, that you know, uh, you guys know as well as I do, it takes a lots and lots of funding to, to, to make these big, massive organization powerhouses. You know, it takes a lot of funding behind them. And, uh, uh, but, man, I, I, I can't see uh, Ryan Priest and Stuart Haas racing not having a great year. I'm excited for Ryan Priest. I think they're going to win some races right off the bat. And uh, I think you're going to see the future uh, 
Ryan Priest, Cole Custer, and and uh, you know uh, the other two drivers. You know what? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who their three main drivers are going to be uh, for the future of the organization. You know, one one of them's going to be out, but uh, but I can't see. And also, you know, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but Cole Custer's dad's the president of, of yes. Stuart Haas Racing. You know what I mean? So. It's kind of it's kind of interesting, you know. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on that we really don't know about, and a lot of decisions being made that we don't even consider them. But uh, it'd be interesting to see what the future looks like at Stuart Haas Racing. Yeah, Dom, uh, as the historian among us here, real quick, I can't recall of much precedent for this type of situation of a guy staying within the organization and taking a demotion down to the Xfinity series. Granted, it's, it is different when your dad is the president of the team, but still, uh, this is a unique circumstance for Cole Custer to kind of prove himself and potentially go right back up to the cup series with Stuart Hall next season. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think here too. I'm drawing blanks on this. I can't really recall the situation where a guy's in the cup car and then moves down to the Xfinity series and, potentially back up. Who knows how it's all going to play out. They always seem don't burn bridges, especially in a small sport like this where there's not that many connections. Sure, there's a lot of people, but it really sometimes does boil down to who you know and, and maybe who you're related to in this situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything else, Dom? We're uh, moving on now. Well, one last thing since you're wearing the shirt. I mean, I, I might as well say it, right? Daniel Suarez, he and his longtime girlfriend announced, Julia PK, by the way, announced that they are engaged. He proposed in Monaco on Friday, November 25th. So that's why you're wearing the shirt, right? Oh, yes. Uh, my, my Haas shirt, actually. Speaking of Haas, too. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, congrats to uh, Daniel Suarez. Uh, quite the year for him, David. Uh, gets his first cup win, makes the playoff, and uh, gets engaged here. The, uh, the trifecta year for Mr. Suarez. No doubt about it. It seems like, man, we just – something must be in the water. These guys are drinking uh, Tyler. Look at Dominic. Got, got engaged, married, and now Daniel Suarez. Man, it's uh, – you better watch where you, with the water you're drinking, uh, Tyler. You might not be too far behind both these great guys. I'm, I think I might be closer to marriage than I am winning a cup race, but we'll <laughs> We'll get to our Ask David segment in uh, just one moment. Before we do, let's go racing with David Stowers, presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came aboard as the primary sponsor this year, and David's 08 Ford Mustang. We want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck race throughout the season. For the best deals on tickets, visit TicketSmarter.com to get your tickets today. That's TicketSmarter.com. Time for our Ask David segment. We ask you to submit questions to us uh, each and every week uh, via email, DavidStarPodcast at gmail.com. On Facebook at Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast is where you can find us there. And we will go to the inbox for our first question. It comes from Jose. And Jose wants to know, David, with Thanksgiving behind us now, what are you thankful for? Man, there's golly, there's man, where do you start, man? I'm just thankful for my health. I'm thankful that my my wife is healthy and my kids are healthy. And and man, I'm thankful to have a roof over our heads. And 
man, I'm just, I'm, I'm, there's so much to be thankful for. I'm thankful for my friends. Um, I'm thankful that my mom, mom and dad are still healthy. And I mean, there's Scottly man, it's endless. You know, I, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm still healthy and, and get to compete in NASCAR another season and, uh, and have great sponsors and great friendships. I mean, it's just, uh, man, I'm just, I'm just probably blessed more than I deserve. And, uh, but there's a lot to give thanks and praise for, for sure. You know, I, uh, I could sit here on and on and on, but man, everything, man, I have a great life. I'm blessed with a beautiful family. And as long as my kids, uh, my wife are healthy and happy, man, that's what it's all about. And I'm, I get to race in NASCAR, man. Life's good. And I get to be on a podcast with you guys. <laughs> there you so, go. You're, you're thankful bad. you get to deal with us once a week? Yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. How about, about you, you uh, what Doug? About you? What, are, what, are, what are you thankful for? Man, I'll, I'll even, I guess, make it simpler than what Dave had to say. There's so much to be thankful for. But I, I think of the three Fs. Faith, family, and friends. I'm very thankful for, for, you know, my faith has got me through some really good times and some really not some good times. And and the Lord has always been there for me. And same with my family and same with my friends. And and like David said, I think he said it best. I'm, I'm blessed more than could ever imagine or hope to be. And know that could all be taken away tomorrow. So just very thankful for, for everything I have and, and all the people around me. And it's an awesome life, man. I, I am definitely blessed more than I deserve. How about you, Tyler? You know, uh, I was just reflecting on this the other day, and I was thinking about this, guys, that, uh, you know, my, my life that I'm living is just stupidly awesome. Like, you know, the, the, the things that I get to do and, you know, the people I get to know and the way that people treat me, it's better than I deserve, right? And, you know, I, I, I look at it this way, you know, I, it's it's not a life I deserve, but somebody's got to live it. Might as well be me, and and so I, I'm I'm thankful for just every day. You know that you know none of us are guaranteed tomorrow, and you know as as David says all the time, you know we got to live every day like it's our birthdays. You know and and my my family, my friends, my job, um, make it all worth living you know and so that's what i would say i'm, I'm thankful for uh you know just for everything just counting every day counting all joy you know and and living the moment and and uh you know make the most of it so uh the uh, next question that we have uh from the inbox it comes from lucy and uh lucy wants to know david are you watching the world cup at all man you know i uh, everybody's crazy about the world cup you know and and we just won today. That was pretty awesome. And uh Take that, I, Iran. Yeah, man. <laughs> that was awesome, man. I uh but I'm not really following it uh like a lot of my friends are, you know. I, I uh I was on the phone earlier with some people and they said they had they needed to get off the phone because they were the game was fixing to start and uh some other people that that, that I was supposed to have a conference call with them said so they postponed it until tomorrow because of the game and uh but man everybody's uh you know I'm I'm um uh, I'm a soccer fan but not not a huge soccer fan but I, but man I know this is this is big for the United States for our country and uh you know like I worked today I was really busy had a lot of stuff going on but I didn't stop for an hour and a half or two hours and watch us watch 
watch the game like most of the people I know did, you know what I mean? And uh, uh, so uh, I'd have to say that uh, even though there's a lot of excitement in our country about the World Cup, I, I, I'm not really following it that closely. How about Dom, you guys? Dom, are you watching the World Cup at all? Not really. I'll see the updates come in on Twitter, and, and I'm a sports guy. I can get behind sports, and, and I'm not opposed to watching soccer. I'll watch it if it's on TV, but – Man, even with the World Cup, I'm not going to go out of my way to sit down and watch it, if that makes sense, too. Okay. Uh, I've watched every USA game. I'm a casual soccer fan myself. You know, I'll, I'll watch the U.S., you know, and check in on the other games. But uh, it was pretty cool, guys, this uh, this game against Iran uh, that, that occurred today, the time we're taping this. And, and you know, we all know what's going on, you know, the, the evil regime, you know, that's headed up in uh, Iran, and uh, these players of the Iranian team, they uh, they stood up and spoke out against the uh, human rights violations within their own country, and, and, you know, they've been threatened and their families have been threatened by the government of that country for, for them speaking out. And so as cool as it was for the U.S. to win, I, I – I thought it was cool for those guys that, you know, that they had the uh, courage to, to stand up to tyranny the way that they did. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I felt for them. I was glad we won, you know, the U.S. won. But uh, I had a lot of respect for those, uh, those, those uh, Iran players. That, that, was, that was pretty cool uh, for me, Ed, for me just, just watching as a casual observer, David. Man, that's a – I, I didn't realize that. That's 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 really been some class act and uh, a lot of courage to to really speak against your own country like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dom, uh, as we're wrapping up here, uh, what you got going on uh, this week? Uh, this this week's always strange, isn't it? Settling back into the groove after a Thanksgiving, and then we're still, you know, just a couple weeks away from Christmas now. Yeah, it, this time of year, try to enjoy it. It slows down a little bit, and it's really nice to, to spend that with family and friends. And I'll be spending that with my wife and son this weekend up in Santa Fe. And also really excited, a friend of the show who's filled in a couple of times, David Swope. I'll be with him this weekend as well on ESPN Radio Albuquerque. We're going to be breaking down some NASCAR stuff, kind of like what we did on the show this week with some of the awards. We'll be talking about that on that show this weekend, 101.7, the team out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Tyler, you've been to that studio, so we're going to have a lot of fun this weekend out there. Awesome. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, David, what are you up to this week? Oh, man, just uh, just uh, got a couple meetings and, uh, man, putting Christmas lights up and Christmas trees and uh, enjoying the Christmas music on the radio. Uh, I'm going to catch a play, a Christmas play, and just, uh, man, just uh, – it's my favorite time of year. Uh, Thanksgiving is so wonderful, and we talked about there's so much to be thankful for and uh, seeing a lot of family, and uh, this is just a great time of year, you know, to, to just reflect, be thankful, give praise and thanks for everything, and uh, just seem like this time of year everybody's happy. Christmas lights are, are going up everywhere, Christmas trees, I don't know, it's just a a fun time of year, also a little stressful with the racing industry, the racing business, but uh, but uh, but man, just a, a great time of the season for me. Uh, like I said, working at my racing school race shop, working on some racing business and just uh, getting ready for Christmas, you know, it's a lot of fun. 
Very cool. Uh, that's what great, guys. Uh, me, uh, I'm staying back here in Dallas this week. Uh, going to go to the Big 12 football championship Saturday and uh, hopefully we see uh, TCU win and uh, make the college football playoffs. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. It's all that. And, and uh, you know, just kind of kick it here. So that's all I got going on in my world, but should be a uh, fun next couple of days. I, I love it, David, just, just real quick. Like, you know, as most people know, you know, this is my first uh, winter in Dallas, and I'm enjoying it so much more than what Omaha is this time of year. Like, <laughs> I kid you not, Dom, make you even a little jealous here. We had a nice, like, 80-degree day today, and it's almost December. Da David, can, is it like this every day? Man, I wish it was, but, man, what a – it was a freaking beautiful day. It was <laughs> it was 80 degrees Man, I, I took an engine out of a race car and I was outside and, and I washed it and it was just like, man, I was like, man, it was just amazing how beautiful it was here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And, uh, you know, I um, I don't know, it was just cool, man. It's, it's, it's a cool time of year. Here in a couple of days, it's going to be 30 degrees, we'll be freezing, you know. <laughs> but, man, Tyler, tell us about the, the summer of Jones again, man. I, I keep thinking about it was such a You're already looking year. forward to next year. The well, next yeah. year. Man, I'm just – man, you're <laughs> such a great guy, and you got an awesome job and everything. I still just ain't really figured out why that was such a failure, man. I'm, Dom, we got to help him out, man. We got to do something for Tyler to make sure that don't happen ne next season on that you know, tour. We need him to go to, like, cooler places, I guess. or like Sir, Jones is a smashing success. What are you guys well, talking about? We, we need to get him to more racetracks, you know, where we can where he can see some success. Wherever he was going didn't work out for him. So, hey, they had to, they had to cancel it. If he just showed up some races, he kept it going, you know. Oh, we yeah. make sure it wasn't canceled. We, we, we had a great run. We'll be back again uh, Memorial, <laughs> Memorial Day weekend uh, 2023. Uh, David can't wait. Yes. <laughs> what is that? The summer Jones uh, number two? <laughs> uh, that'll be like number six or seven, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, it, it keeps yeah, getting canceled every year. It, it keeps coming back like Family Guy. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, just the end of the season got renewed for another year. Yeah. So it got renewed. Guys, uh, wow. We got to go. Uh, <laughs> a lot of fun today, uh, as always. You can subscribe to show new episodes out each and every week. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, leave us a five-star review or leave us one at all. Hit the like button, subscribe, and all that. We certainly would appreciate it. Follow us on social media, facebook.com slash starpodcast, Twitter at starpodcast. You can email us, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. We'll put the checker flag out on this episode for David Starr and Dominic Aragon. I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks a lot for another edition of Let's Go Racing. See you next week.